So for our home, for our house, it is T minus eight months until this event is going to take place. Uh, and in eight months, our oldest son is going to turn 15. And what that means is he's going to get ready to drive. And that is incredibly exciting and incredibly terrifying all at the same time. And what I mean by that is this. It's super exciting because uh, there's going to come a moment where I forget something at the grocery store and I'm going to be able to say, hey, Luke, can you just go to the grocery store and get the mustard, please? And he's going to be like, yeah, that'll be amazing because I want to drive. And I don't know how long that'll last, but I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm super pumped about that. All right. Now, it's, it's so, and it's truly exciting for many more reasons because it's, it, it's exciting to be able to do that, step into something new. But at the same time, it's terrifying because we all know why. It is a huge and massive gift, responsibility, and there's a lot of power with it. And that's a brand new thing that he'll be saying. He had no idea I was going to say this. So he's like, thanks, Dad. But it's a brand new thing that he's going to be able to step into where it's this brand new ability, brand new freedom, brand new gifts, and brand new power to step into, but it comes with a ton of responsibility. And the truth is, is we know that that kind of power and responsibility can also be abused. And he'll have his own decisions to make about making good decisions uh, and not abusing those decisions. And at the same time, he's going to be around literally thousands of other people who also have that same kind of responsibility and privilege and power as well. And so, and, and the problem is, is that so many of those people often, those the, the privilege and that power gets abused and people will drink and get behind the wheel or text. And all, there's all kinds of dangers out there and it's just enough danger to go, hmm, as a parent, you think for just a minute, hmm, maybe they should never drive ever, right? Because that's just the safer thing is to just not give that kind of power to anyone. That's the, that seems like maybe that's the better idea. And that idea is What's sitting in front of the church in this moment is that Paul is standing in front of the church and the church has been given this new rich power and responsibility because Jesus said, it's going to be important for me to leave because when I do, I'm going to send my helper and he's going to come to you. And not only is he going to come to you, but he's going to empower you. He's going to fill you and give you new power to operate in ways that the people of God have never been able to operate before. Because literally my power is going to sit inside of you. The same power, by the way, it's the same spirit and the same power that came on Mount Sinai and carved the Ten Commandments out of the side of the, the wall. It's the same power that Elijah called down the fire and consumed the altar. It's the same power that spoke the universe into existence. It's the same power that raised Jesus out of the grave and gave him life again. It's the same power that can take a heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. That power, that reality that responsibility even was granted as a gift to the church. And I think that there's parts of what God wants to create 
and to author and to do in his church that have been lost because we've not understood it. And Paul's looking at the church and there, there's this young, if you will, the church is a 15-year-old trying to figure out how to drive the car. And he says, you guys are trying to do this thing and there's some ways that you're doing it are great and there's some ways that you're doing it that aren't really responsible. And I wanna help you understand how to hold this power and to walk with it faithfully. That's what he would speak, I think, even to the 21st century church to say, hey, there's new power available to you to operate. Not just in our own lives to overcome sin and to stand into life, but to be a people who speak the word of God over others and declare the truth and walk in power to touch other people's lives. Do you hear this? Church, there is power by the Holy Spirit to be able for every one of us to make a radical difference in the world around us. Not because of us, but because it is the power of God. It's the spirit of God alive in us. And that's what Paul is looking at in this, in this moment. And he knows, he's speaking to them and he knows, listen, there's a lot of people that might abuse this kind of power. In fact, he's seen it in many different ways. And rather than saying, nope, we're shutting this whole thing down because someone might abuse this power, what he says is, I wanna help you learn how to carry this with the spirit of God. Because he knows this, he knows that the church needs the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to grow and thrive. And that was true in first century AD and church. That is true of us right now. If you and I wanna grow and thrive, it takes the indwelling and filling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit of God, period. And we know this because the Bible is what is saying this to us, the authoritative word of God over our lives. And so we want to step into this. We want to be a church. Honestly, we want New River Fellowship to be a church that mimics the authority of the power that is revealed in the word of God, to be a people who one of our core values here is that we're a people who host God's presence, not just when we show up here on Sunday mornings, but when we go out into all the places that God has us all the arenas of influence that God has granted to us among our children and our coworkers and in our, with our friends and in every place. It's a powerful responsibility. And Paul's not saying, nope, we're gonna shut it down. No, he's saying, let's do this well. Let's have a heart that's hungry to receive and to do this well. And so he addresses the church and he actually unpacks all, a lot of, I wouldn't say all, but many of the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the church in 1 Corinthians 12. And I would encourage you, that's your homework for the week to go read it and to see the ways in which the Lord wants to do that. In fact, you'll probably see a couple things and you'll go, oh my gosh, this is something the Lord has on my life. But as he's moving into it, he has a, he has a charge to the church. And he says, now this, this one thing is gonna be incredibly important as you begin to step into this, hosting the power of God, his presence, and then beginning to operate in the gifts that he's given to you. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want you to see what he says to us. Holy Spirit saying this to us even now. It says, listen, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I've got prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 
If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, Jesus, the partial will pass away. And I was a child. I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Mirrors were dim back then. They were just metal plates. But then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall f know fully, even as I've been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So here's what Paul is gonna say. We have this new indwelling power. Creator of the universe has come in. And he says this, but listen, if you got all these powers, you got, a, you got the Holy Spirit and you have all these things you can do, but you do not have love, then it's empty. What he will say here is the most important thing. In fact, my guess is you've most often heard this section of scripture at a wedding, which would be beautiful to speak at a wedding, maybe even your own wedding, right? It's great, it's beautiful, the power of love. But the context for which Paul is delivering this to the church is to say, You've been given new power. The most important thing we could possibly do with that is to love people, to show and express the love of God in Christ. That's the context. To say this, that the point of the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to love people, period. That's the point. To express the radical love of God. All of the empowerment of the Spirit is meant to do that. He's effectively saying, listen, gifts, to say you have gifts, is empty. And power to show that you've got power, that's empty. But gifts and power to love others, that's Jesus. That's what Jesus did. And one of the most remarkable things about the Son of God is the one man who carried the most power of anyone on the face of the earth was the most humble and most loving in the way that he used it. He had more power, and rather than lording it over, he just served. It's this beautiful picture. Jesus is the best. Gosh, he's awesome. That's just a side note. I don't know. It's like a side. I wish I had made a slide. Jesus is just great. He's just awesome. He's just the picture. He's the king. He's the prophet. He's the one we're looking to. He's our heart cry. And that's what he's saying here is, listen, you can have all these things. I'm going to give these things to you. And the church is fumbling around with it, trying to figure out with this new power, what am I going to do with it? And he's saying, here's what's most important. We got to be thinking about what does it mean to love people? That whatever gifts that I have and whatever power I've been given, whatever resource have been afforded to me, what the, the most important thing for us to do is to love people. And so the question is this, okay, Paul, or okay, God, how do I use these? How do we begin to employ it? 
What's the way that you want us to do this? How do we love people well? And I love what he says, because he picks, we just read all of chapter 13. And then he just picks up right here. And so he says, well, here's what you do. 14, verse one, chapter 14, verse one. He says, well, here, here's what you do. You're gonna pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, this is everybody's favorite topic in the world, prophecy, right? Because it's really cut and dry, so clear, so easy to understand, right? I love, I love what Paul says here, because here's what he's gonna say, listen. Pursue love, which means this. Our pursuit is always to love, to love Jesus first and to love each other. That is our pursuit. But he says, in your pursuit, what we wanna do is desire the gifts that God has given to us to love people well. And what he says is this, especially that you may prophesy. And that becomes so prevalent because we're in the middle of this series asking this question. We've been asking this question Lord, can you show me what it's like to hear your voice so that I can respond to you and obey? And that's such an incredible and critical point for us to know. We wanna receive the word of the Lord so that we can respond and obey. We wanna open up the Bible and the scripture and hear from him. Let the spirit speak to us. We've talked about the many ways. Last week, if you weren't here, you can go back and watch our message or listen to our message on the whisper of God and how we begin to hear internally. And all of those things are all beautiful and it's great. But what Paul wants to say is, hey, it's time for us just to turn the corner here to say this. Not only are we meant to hear the Lord for the direction of God in our lives, but guess what? We're all meant to hear the Lord to speak life over each other. That the way that we're going to love each other well is speak the word and the voice and the heart of God over each other. It's this incredible, beautiful gift that he's given to us. And so what is New Testament prophecy. Let me just kind of help unpack this really quick. New Testament prophecy is that gift that's given to us to share divinely inspired, meaning they come from the Spirit of God, not from us, inspired messages from the Spirit of God for what? The purpose of building up the body of Christ. That's the point of it. In other words, God wants us not just to hear his voice for our own lives, but he wants us to hear his voice so that we can bless and cover and love and encourage others. This is, this is what this gift is meant to be, to give away to each other. And that's precisely what Paul is calling for in this moment. First Corinthians chapter 14, we'll go just jump down. We've just heard verse one. It's Pursue love, desire the gifts, especially you may prophesy. Why prophecy? Because this, verse two, for the one who speaks in a tongue, which is everybody else's other favorite topic to talk about in the church, for the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. I wish we had time to go into a whole thing on tongues, but we just won't. Just leave that somewhere else for another day. All right, we'll get there. But on the other hand, the one who prophesies, what does he do? He speaks for people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all 
to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Here's what he's saying. I care about what happens when you come together. That when the body of believers comes together, whether it's on a Sunday or in our small groups together, there are these gifts that God's given. And he just wants to give clarity. He's not saying, by the way, that one person is better than another person if you prophesy, if you're a prophesy but you speak in tongues, like God's giving more value. Actually, what he's saying, when you come together, the point is when we're collected and coming into community with each other. When you come together, it's important for you to understand this gift that builds up the church. Meaning what Jesus is saying is, I really want my people built up. I really want my people encouraged. I want them stirred up. God wants us as partners to share his heart and his insights so that we can build each other up. Meaning he wants our ears inclined to be a people who are ready to speak the word of life and encouragement that comes from the spirit of God. And so it's time, what Paul's saying is, this is what I want you to begin to ask yourself. Are you ready to be one who shares the truth and the love and the heart of God with other people? Because it's this incredible gift that's being given to us. In fact, it's, it's, it's critical for the New Testament church to actually thrive. How do we know this? Because you can go back to Ephesians 4. And he gives those five mantles over the church. And he says, here's how, here's how the New Testament church, here's how you're going to function. It says there are going to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers And he's going to equip, all those gifts are meant to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the, here it is again, for the building up of the body. Now, do you hear this? Is the Father's heart for us to be built up and encouraged? That every one of us has a chance to have the indwelling Holy Spirit to come up and to be an encouragement to to the brothers and sisters around us. We were never meant to operate without these mantles of leadership within the church, all of these. And so, and often we, we, we often use the term pastor, but these others we've wrestled with throughout church history. And the, but what Paul's saying to this young church is, let's not dismiss these, let's operate in these to cover each other. That this, more specifically, this gift of prophecy where we speak encouraging and life-giving words that are building people up that come from God. This is an important part of what it will mean to function as a people together. I love um, whenever Megan and I get to sit down with people and just share our story of how we met. And even like the time when we were dating, it was really interesting to me because um, as I was getting to know her more and more and figuring out, man, this is a pretty cool girl. um, One of the things that really was highlighted to me was this prophetic gift she had. And I remember saying, man, you are incredibly prophetically gifted. And that was real. I wasn't just trying to get on the good side. I was being honest, right? But I was like, you're so prophetically gifted. And that phrase or that term or prophet, or she was, that was new for her. Never experienced, really had any teaching on that before. Maybe even as I say this, even to you, it's possible that based on maybe your church background, you've not heard this before. I said, you're really prophetically gifted. And what I saw in her is that she had a gifting 
in the gift or in the empowerment of prophecy that was really profound. And she, but it was brand new to her. And what, of course, we got married and what I've gotten to see is the Lord do more and more in unlocking that in her. And listen, you know, these, these five mantles, apostle, prophet, evangelist, preacher, teacher, listen, I'm, I'm just pastor. This is what I, I'm, I'm a pastor through and through. And I love the chance to, to speak prophetic encouragements, but I mean, the Lord just made me a pastor. I love you guys. I wanna hang out with y'all. I wanna run together. Let's do life, okay? Um, but what I've seen is that this, that this gifting of, of prophecy or uh, being a prophet is what the Lord has put on Megan. And what I've seen is the richness that it's brought to me, the richness that it's brought to our church, the richness that it's brought to the ministry that God's granted to us. And we get to see this over and over, that this is what the Lord wants to dispense. You can go back to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, starting in verse four, it says, there's varieties of gifts, but the same spirit and varieties of service, but the same Lord and varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for what? The common good. Again, the Lord's wanting to build each other up. You skip down to verse 11. Here's what it says. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills, which is good news. Because what this means is we all just get to sit back, open our hands up and say, Lord, would you grant to me what's in your heart to give? And I wanna function how you, how you wanna operate. But Lord, I'm open to you and what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And that what Paul's saying here to the Corinthian church is let your eyes be open to the beautiful ways he wants to use you to build up the body around you, to speak words of life, to speak encouragement, that God is moving and gifting us, that he's got abilities and gifts to give to us, to desire them, and that the pursuit of our lives is always to love people, but the ways in which we love people are being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And what was so cool is even to get in Megan's own journey is that she came into that. That gift has been so life-giving to so many people, myself included, our family included. And her voice gets to shape things because she's listening to the Lord and it's this beautiful gift that the Lord wants to give to each other. And I, this is what the Lord has for each one of us is to say, Lord, would you empower me and give me and gift me, empower me to speak your words of life over each other. And I just, a side note, listen, there are some that have believed that these gifts have stopped and just for clarity, they haven't. You won't find it anywhere in the word of God. You won't see it anywhere that those gifts have ceased. In fact, you'll just find you know, Paul helping to shepherd people through and understanding. In fact, the whole reason that 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 were written was because they weren't doing it very well. And, and everybody kind of wanted to either do it really crazy or shut it down. And Paul says, no, we're not gonna do it crazy and we're not gonna shut it down either. We're gonna do it faithfully with the heart of love for each other. That's how we're gonna do this. And that's what he was saying. And then there are some that would try to make, well, prophecy kind of not, it, it's mostly just a teaching gift. It's not really, it's not, you know, something that we can modern day hear from the heart of God and speak to each other of which you would say, no, that's not true either because one of the mantles of leadership in the church is to be a teacher and we thank God for teachers, right? But that's different than apostleship and then prophecy, if you will, prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, or pastors, and teachers. So we have these different pictures, and we're seeing from the word of God that God has a unique gift that he wants to give to his church for us to speak to build each other up. 
So this, listen, this gift that God wants to give to, it's not about telling people that they're supposed to move or telling them who they're supposed to get married to or where they're supposed to invest their resources or all of those things, right? And we know, and you've probably seen if, you know, <laughs> or if you've seen enough maybe movies out there that are just making fun of these kinds of things that often go on where it's like, hey, well, you can try to make it sound crazy, but there really is a beautiful way to operate in this. And so the question is, can God speak to us about all of those kinds of things, all those big questions in life? Absolutely. But the nature of this gift is to say this, listen, God's not calling us to be a bunch of weirdo fortune tellers with a crystal ball the, and, and to come and say, you know, thus saith the Lord. That's not what this is about. That's not what this gift is in any way, form, or fashion. The, this gift, I want you to hear this. This gift of prophecy is a call to hear God's heart for each other and to build each other up, to have those insights that can only from, come from God and in ways that only God can say. And, and we've been incredibly blessed by this gift in operation in our lives. I remember a time, there was an old guy, the, the church we came from in Texas, old guy, just long white beard down to here, just cool dude, and just very different guy. His name was Joe, and he was awesome. And he had lost his wife to cancer a couple years before. Our church had rallied around him. We were praying for God to heal his wife, and she ended up passing away. And, uh, but he was just this faithful man of God. Uh, and uh, he, he always just, he would spend time in prayer and time in the word. And he was just a faithful guy in our church and just willing to serve, just a great guy. One day after service, he catches me and my wife. We're going to pick up our kids. We've got one of our kids with us. And, uh, and he pulls me aside and he just said, hey, I just, uh, I was over here and I just got this, I got this picture. I got this vision of you. And he said, I had this picture of you like you were Abraham. And you were leaving out of your home land and you were going to somewhere you'd never been before and you were setting up these tents and there were tents and then they just kept multiplying all around. And then I uh, looked at my wife and he shared a word uh, over her as well uh, about influence that God was gonna grant to her. And he doesn't know anything. He's just sharing these things it actually has a, a word for our little daughter at the at time, just an encouraging word. And that's all he does. He didn't know anything. He didn't ask. He just said, I just, and he just prayed over us. The next day, we were flying out to interview for this job, for this role here at this church. He saw something God had revealed to him in the spirit that only the Lord could say, only the Lord could do it that way. And I'm mean, at that moment when we're thinking about leaving all our family and coming out here and we don't know anyone. And he says, hey, there, I just get this picture of Abraham. And he had no idea. Nobody even knew we were even thinking about doing this. We'd only shared this with our elders. This was tight lip, and the, but the Lord knew and the Lord wanted to confirm something. And that's one of the, I'm gonna be honest with you, many words we received that were confirming that, hey, this is our new home. We were gonna come and be here together. Church, there's a beautiful gift that God's authoring if we'll open our hands and say, Lord, use me this way. And I just gotta be honest. I think there are so many people that are dead bored in their relationship with Jesus because we sit around and we fiddle around and we forget that there is power in the Holy Spirit to be unleashed. We're meant to be 
built up and we're meant to be building people up. There is a life in God that is way bigger than anything we could do. You might be fully functioning in it right now. Listen to my words. There is more for you to operate in. There's no end to it. The impact that we can have in each other's life. And all Paul was trying to say here is, let's not throw it out just because you guys are doing not very good. I mean, they were doing tongues really bad and they were doing prophecy really bad. And it was honestly a little chaotic. And if you read on, we won't, I won't read into all of it, but he's like, you guys settle down. I appreciated that they were trying to do it. They were trying to do this stuff, but it was life for them. It was a lifeblood. And I just would love for New River Fellowship, you guys that are here in-house, you guys that are online, I would just love for our church to be one that's just saying, you know what, instead of doing like same old, same old, I just wanna open my hands up and say, God, could you possibly use me today to speak your words of life somewhere? Just incline my ear. So for us to be a family that learns how to just step out, to not be afraid, and, and honestly, just gonna be to not be afraid to even not do it very well because it's okay. In fact, you know, New Testament prophecy is different than Old Testament prophecy. And they should, he, he, he actually told that to the Thessalonian church and we'll finish up with this. I'm gonna ask our team to come up. First Thessalonians chapter five says this. It says, don't quench the spirit. You don't shut the Holy Spirit down. And then what he says is this. Don't despise prophecies. But what does he say? But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Let me tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I've had a number of people that feel like they've got a word from the Lord and they're sharing it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'll pray about that. And you know, we take it. I don't, we don't, I don't call them down or anything. I just say, oh, I thank you so much. And you know what I do? We put it on the shelf and just say, Lord, if there's something there, great. If not, but I'm going to, I'm going to all take everything back to your word. I'm always going to let the word of God be this beautiful foundation we can live on. But we don't shut the thing down. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, the reason that the most important thing for us is to love each other is because this, because we know in part and we prophesy in part, which means this, no one's speaking, thus saith the Lord anymore. The Bible got to be the can, the canon of scripture got to be closed to give us the authoritative word of God. And then we get to operate from that place but we get to operate from it. We get to operate in the power that God's granted to us. He wants to give to us. Because listen, because it says here, 1 Corinthians 13, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So here's what he's saying. You may not have it all figured out. You might step out. I think I'm hearing the Lord's in something. This is, you know, we can even do some training on this. In fact, we'll talk about it. If you come to Coffee and Conversations after this, we're gonna talk about it a little bit. I would love for you to come. Uh, but it's so beautiful to be able to do this uh, together because if we miss it, we just love each other and we care for each other. We don't call each other down because no one's saying, thus saith the Lord, you better do this or else because that's manipulation, it's not love. So we're gonna love each other well. And this is the call on our lives because the perfect is coming. The son of God's coming. So let's run after him. Let's be committed to becoming more like him because that's our pursuit is to be a church that loves people. And I'm telling you, people are just desperate to be loved. And I can tell you, we can change our city. Listen to me. We can change our city as we begin to speak the words of God and of life over our city, over our neighbors, over each other, over our children, over our grandkids, over our spouses. 
hearing the Lord for each other and blessing. It's what the Lord wants to build us up. So if you're going, I don't know how to do that, don't worry about it. We're just gonna all open up our hands and ask the Lord to do that. We'll trust the Lord to do that with us and we'll work on it together. You guys stand with me. We're actually just gonna pray a simple, simple prayer. But I wanna encourage you to pray it sincerely and honestly. If you would, just close your eyes. And, and if you feel comfortable, you can hold your hands up. You don't have to do that. But I always like to make my body get in position to what I'm asking to happen in a spiritual way. And we're just gonna ask God to simply, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit, new and fresh. Just come, you get all of me. And just ask him to come. If you're in Christ right now, he's already home and you're just asking for him to move, stir. And would you just pray this simple prayer? Lord, would you show me and speak to me your heart for those around me? Just ask him, Lord, Give me your heart and your words for those around me. Who can I love and who can I bless? Who can I speak your words of life? I receive not my power, I receive your power. It's not my words, it's your words. Fill me. Grant me this gift, Lord. To prophesy, to share your words to encourage, to build up. Empower this church. Lord, I'm asking right now, would you empower this church to be ones who speak your words of life over everyone and everywhere we go? I pray that we would pursue love. Let us love people well. But Lord, right now here in this moment, we desire your spiritual gifts empower us. New power, not afraid. We're excited for the days ahead. Just like my son is for the day he's going to drive. We're so excited, Lord. Do it. More. More of you. More of your power. More of your truth. Would you release it over our lives? We ask. Let's take this moment just to ask for the Lord to come, become king over our heart, to be the one who anchors us, shepherds us, and leads us faithfully. We'll finish this morning. Let's worship.